Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, any of the places where you can find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and I. Connect with us on social media at LonghornPod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who's trying to outrace Sam Cosme, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? You know, I, uh, I'm i putting on the COVID-19, so Cosme may actually have me right now. I feel like all I do is is uh, work, snack while I work, eat three square meals a day, and then uh, some some type of fourth meal. Uh, I, I've not fully depl- uh, depleted, but but certainly put a dent in my uh, my snack stash for the bunker. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, I'm trying to keep up with Sam Cosme. I, I, I certainly think... Uh, both he and and Ori uh, could could smoke me right now in my current state. Absolutely. So my my key has been only eat when the kid eats. Ah. That's been my key. So if he's not eating, I'm not allowed to eat. That's been, that's been my key. Fair. Is like he does he does like a mid morning snack. So I'll get something light, you know, a little little nuts and cheese situation, you know, mm. whatever. Mm. Uh, and then a, like a protein bar in the afternoon. It's been my it's been my go to uh, to avoid to avoid the the uh, the quarantine fifteen or the mm. quarantine really is probably what we can call it. That's uh, not but bad, no, so, yeah. Thank you. So we are uh, we're still in the midst of uh, our physical distancing. I think we're no longer supposed to call it social distancing anymore. Physical distancing from people. So we're hold up, but there's still stuff to talk about. We actually got. A hold of our friend uh, Mike Roach over from Horns 24-7. He's going to be here today to talk a little bit of recruiting, uh, how Texas was leaning into 2021 before all this happened and the impact of the shutdown on the University of Texas and what it's going to do for the recruiting class because obviously we talk about the important things here. Uh, we got some news about the Texas basketball coaching staff and then we'll obviously, because we always do it close to show out with some bang the drum. So it's... There's no sports happening right now, but we've got to talk about the important things. And so we want to get a recruiting update and kind of what, what's going on in the world of recruiting with the whole entire world shut down. So we reached out to our friend Mike Roach over at Horns 24-7 to come on and give us a little bit of insight. Man, Mike, how are you doing, man? I'm Boys, I'm trying to get through it. It is. <laughs> I mean, look, here's the deal. So I went to – I can't remember the last time I talked to you. Was it signing day right after? I think so, yeah. Or right before maybe. Um, so I, I – was busy that obviously closing out signing day did a couple things in february late february went to las vegas to go see pylon seven on seven and see a lot of the west coast targets for texas and i remember coming back and i told my wife i'm gonna take this week off and we're gonna spend the weekend together and then after this it's full on i'm gonna be gone every weekend and like that was the weekend before coronavirus hit <laughs> so literally they canceled every camp everything i was set to go to wow. um and uh since that time i've been sitting here trying to figure out what to write and uh, keep our readers entertained doing new podcasts all sorts of things so i'm just trying to make it through um one of the things i love about this so far and i i always try to look for the good things is um the collaborative nature of of people in the business during this whole thing people who have said like hey let's help each other out let's do each other's podcasts and stuff like that and we all got nothing but time nobody can nobody can tell you man i ain't got time for that so right um you know i'm i'm I appreciate you guys having me on i'm down to down to be on whenever 
We appreciate you coming in. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll do a little time traveling because the the world wasn't always at a standstill. So right before uh, everything again came to an end, uh, Texas had some visitors on campus, like literally like days before everything shut down. Uh, Four star receiver from Alito, Jojo Early, uh, his teammate, twenty twenty two safety B J Allen, uh, weak side defensive end from Port Arthur Memorial, Jordan Thomas. And uh, four-star uh, defensive end Shamar Turner from DeSoto. So Texas is kind of the last voice in these guys' heads heading into the world shutting down. So what was the impact of having those guys on campus? I know like early was right. He left Texas off of his top six. So like what's the impact? What impact did that visit have uh, on those guys? God, I went out to Alito the Tuesday after he visited to go talk to him. That felt like that feels like a year ago. <laughs> um, that's insane. Like I, I'm thinking back, that was the last trip I made. I went out to Alito and I never went to another school after that. Um, no, I'm sorry. I went to South Oak Cliff was my last trip, but, uh, yeah, I mean, having those guys big for them at the time, um, especially Jojo Earl, uh, who's the most, probably, probably the best receiver in the state of Texas. Um, the most accomplished guy, at least, uh, best route runner I've seen and just an electric, electric, uh, slot guy. He, Basically, to go back in time, JoJo Earl was always a big fan of Texas. Texas was one of the first schools to offer him. There was talk that he was going to pull the trigger to them late uh, in October last year, uh, and he decided to hold off. And then all of a sudden in January, he drops the top five or six and, and doesn't have Texas in it. And it, it was puzzling to me. And, um, you know, Texas did a great job. Jay Valai, the, the new quarterbacks coach, and Andre Coleman, the new wide receivers coach, did a great job getting him back on campus. Uh, Jay Valai has got a pre-existing relationship with him from when he was a, a skills trainer in the area. And right. so he knew him and was able to kind of get him back on campus. And um, from what I heard, everything went great as well as, as a visit could go. And, and even going and talking to Jojo Adelito that day, you know, he got told me that day that Texas was, was very much back in the mix for him. I think that um, if you're looking at it from this perspective, a shutdown is, not that bad for Jojo Earl because you got to make the last impression and right. nobody else really gets to swoop in there right now. Then maybe when we figure out when this is over, if it's June or July or whatever, you know, then we're rolling right into official visits. So I think that Texas did a great job getting that with him. Um, as far as the other guys like BJ Allen, he's a 22, so he's mm -hmm. going to have lots of time still. He's going to have a whole nother year to do this stuff. And hopefully we don't have some other pandemic shutting down visits next year. And, uh, <laughs> Um, uh, Shamar, uh, another guy that I think Texas is sneaky in a really good position with. I do think he's a little more open, um, and, and was probably intending to take a little more time, but I think that Oscar Giles has been doing a great job of that recruitment. And then Jordan Thomas, the, as a guy that I put a crystal ball in for, for Texas uh, a couple weeks ago, I just really feel like Texas is killing that recruitment. Um, and Jordan himself has told me multiple times, Texas is my top school right now. Um, and so, yeah, I think all of those things, if you look at it and you want to look optimistically, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that Texas got the last visit on, on those kids before nobody could have visits. Well, and it's like you kind of hinted, it's, it's a bit uncertain. Um, part one of the question, do we have the latest on, on, you know, official announcement? I think I heard April 15th, but I know it's definitely going to extend out, uh, beyond that, the official, uh, dead period. Um, but a, you know, do you have any info on when you think that might break? And B, I mean, for the the new coaches, is that is that better, worse? I mean, how, how does this play for for Longhorns um, having this this dead period happen? Yeah, the I think the bad thing about it is that um, 
they are there's a lot of questions about Texas out there, right? Like a lot of people, the last thing they saw was besides the Alamo bowl, which I would argue went out on a good note, but the dysfunction down the stretch, the poor defensive performances, things like that. And guys like Chris Ash and, and Mike Yurcich, they can sell new offense, new defense, but they can't show it really. Um, and I think they were depending on doing that in spring by bringing in practices and spring games and being able to see kind of how new everything was going to be. And that's really the hardest thing, not to mention that even just on the field, having to install a new offense and new defense without yeah. the benefit of spring football is going to be right. crazy. And I, I've talked to college coaches around the country. They're all dealing with the same problem. I mean, there was a lot of turnover in the coaching carousel this year. And um, a, a lot of those teams are going through it. I haven't heard anything. I, you know, I try to, I, I think what I'm following is like the NBA um, because mm. the NBA seems like they keep, they're the one league that keeps putting out like, this is the date we think we can maybe able to resume. And I think the last thing I read from them was like mid-June was their optimistic. Mm-hmm. If everything goes right, we may be able to, um, which is scary. That's a long, long time. And and I, I can't see them allowing uh, visits and things of that nature before the NBA is playing games at this point. That seems, that seems like a great, uh, not a great, it's a great indicator. They're the, the canary in the coal mine, I think is probably the way uh, we'll put it. So, I'm I'm assuming recruiting isn't stopping though. Like I think I'm assuming coaches are still you can't have visits, but they're still getting in contact with these kids. Like what are the what are the coaches and schools doing to kind of stay in contact, continue the momentum? Like what are the what are they new and creative ways that they're trying to do that? That's actually a really topical question because I just finished Mike at night, which is um, so my Mike at night Monday night at ten o'clock is going to be on what Texas is doing recruiting right now um, because I did speak to some folks today. Uh, FaceTime is a huge player. Uh, invest in Facebook because FaceTime is <laughs> is huge right now. Um, you know they're doing what they can. The the biggest problem is kids are just being bombarded right now. They're hearing from every coach in the country because um, all these coaches are bored. They don't have anything to do. They're not game planning. They're not doing anything. I, one coach I talked to said he was about to just create a new offense. Like, that's how bored he was. <laughs> um, I, you know, I I feel bad because I don't want to bombard the kids when they're already getting bombarded by coaches. On the same token, I've never had so much contact with coaches as I'm having right now because they're all bored and they want to call and talk to somebody um, <laughs> and, just, and just hope somebody's going to tell them something optimistic. So uh, a lot of FaceTime. Um, I talked to a coach from, from the PAC 12 the other day who, who told me that he thinks that this whole thing is going to make, um, really turn this, this class into a regional class and, and, and Mm. where you don't see as many kids going out of state because either their parents don't want them to, uh, you know, in the face of this pandemic or because they just haven't had the opportunity to go see that many places. You know, spring is usually the season where all get out and, and are able to go see those schools unofficially it, it kind of cements what they feel is, you know, it, it kind of allows those schools to get in and, and get an official down the line and, and then eventually went out. So I think that that's good. It's going to change things that way. But right now I think you're seeing everybody's just kind of figuring out what they can. Like if you've seen Mike Yurcich doing chalk talk on, yeah. uh, on Twitter, like that's been pretty entertaining and it's been getting, uh, you know, a lot of good response. And um, I think that uh, from what I've heard, some of the coaches are sending out clips of, of like what their defense looked like at other stops. So maybe you might, kids are getting some like Ohio state defensive clips um, so they can kind of see and visualize what the defense looks like. But uh, you know, it's just, there's no substitute for the real thing. 
with that with that in mind, kind of with people having time on their hands, uh, Texas has a, a decently sized class already, and they've got a lot of targets that uh, you and your colleagues have put crystal balls in. So we're we're looking for new things to watch online, uh, and and I like to watch film of, of these athletes coming in. So whose whose tape should they be watching with uh, this time as they're social distancing and and, and quarantining at home? For entertainment, I will say Texas commit Billy Bowman because it's basically just a 10 minute highlight. Like, I don't know why schools punt to him, but they do. <laughs> and it, like, I, I went to game nine or 10 of Denton Ryan's season last year. And I had heard each week I'd read like Billy Bowman returned two punts this week for a touchdown. And I thought, surely they won't punt to him. Um, <laughs> knowing that he's already got like eight or nine touchdowns on the year. And like first punt was straight down the middle of the hash to him. And he housed it. Um, so Billy Bowman, the uh, punt return video is pretty pretty electric. JoJo Earl, who I mentioned earlier, is great. BJ Allen, I love because it, especially if you focus on the final game, um, the four five A Division two state final game against uh, Fort Ben Marshall, it was really impressive. That's really what BJ Allen jumped out to us because Fort Ben Marshall um, had Malik Hornsby who who signed with. Uh, with Arkansas, mm-hmm. uh, one of the fastest players in the country, and Devonna Chain, who, who signed with AM, one of the other fastest players in the country. That school is a track school. They have the fastest flags in the country, they call it. Their flag runners are like their four-by-one track team, and, and they sprint with the flags. It is like a speed, speed school. There's clips of B.J. Allen running down uh, both a chain and, and Malik Hornsby just down the center of the hash as a sophomore in the state title game at six foot, you know, 180 pounds. So uh, that's really entertaining film to watch right now. Jatavian Sanders is always fun. I mean, he does it on both sides of the ball. It's flat, just unblockable as a defensive mm-hmm. end. Um, those are the guys I would say for for sure right now. Um, you know, check that film out and, and have a little fun with it. Uh, I love that. I saw someone posted some clips from uh, wasn't proper highlight, but some clips from Vince Young's uh, state title run. So go oh, historical yeah. as well, or didn't win state title, state playoff run um, with Madison was fantastic. So maybe uh, get the current class and then go historical. And to go a bit historical, I have a question that uh, it's kind of half joking, but uh, also half serious. I know there's a lot of variables, a lot of unknowns, but in this 2021 class, if you look at uh, 247 right now, Texas is looking up at uh, at former head coach Mac Brown and the North, North Carolina, Carolina Tar Heels. Is there a chance that Texas finishes behind former head coach Mac Brown in this class? Boys, Mac Brown is back. He's so back. Um, <laughs> he pulled a quarterback from Alabama. Yeah. It, it's like, and I called around about it just because, like, I know people. People will think that I'm dialed into like every recruitment in the country. I'm not. Like, yeah. If it's outside of the state borders, I typically know nothing about it. Yeah. Um, but unless Texas is heavily involved. But I called around and was like, okay, so is this Mac doing his magic? And and really, it was more of a case of this kid Drake May, who uh, his dad had played basketball at Carolina. And, yeah. um, you know, he had he had grown up a Carolina fan and and everything. And I think Mac swayed him for sure. But anytime you, you get to say, hey, I flipped a kid from Nick Saban, that's a yeah. dub. Any day of the week, I'll take it however I can get it. Uh, the funny thing is, is it triggered a chain reaction, and now Bama is heavily engaged trying to get back in with Jalen Milrow. So right. Mac is is striking back at Texas in some way. I don't think that that North Carolina finishes above them, but I think North Carolina makes some noise this year on the recruiting trail. 
the uh, the the trickle down Maxion right there, man. Mac is uh, he's hitting you. He's hitting you in the face, and also uh, has his has his goons coming around the side. No, um, <laughs> thank you. I, I I we are ardent fans of of Mac Brown on this podcast. So you uh, you are, you are not in in strange lands of people rooting for uh, for success. Just hopefully not at UT's expense. Right. Well, Mac Brown's my head coach. I I call him. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like I'm. I don't know how old you guys are. I'm 35. I started. You know, I I got serious about Texas football in like '96 around the Big 12 title game, like roll left. Um, that was Mac into the Macavick era, and then right into Mac. Mac was the coach of, of Texas most of my life. So, mm. um, you know, as weird as it got near the end, you know, it was definitely he was. I always considered him my head coach because it was just in the formative years, it was Mac. We're I think two years. I'm 33, so like yeah, like the formative football years for for Gerald Goodridge and. In Texas football, it was Mac Brown. It's all it was. So uh, it's it's I, I love Mac. I'll always follow Mac. So we'll <laughs> we'll get off football for just a minute, and we're, everybody's everybody's hunkering down at home, or at least they should be. Again, I say this every time I say this. If you're not hunkering down at home, you're the problem. Uh, so, Mike. It's not all football. You're married. You got, you know, wife to, to hopefully doesn't watch film. Maybe she watched film. That'd be great. But she's probably not watching film with you. So what are you guys watching to pass the time? Like, what's your what's your go to? Okay, so I'm I'm gonna expand on this question. I'm gonna get into everything we're doing to pass the time. All right. Um, so to start, um, when this stuff started getting real serious, and it was like, hey, it'd be a good idea for everybody to stay home. My wife was already scheduled to go out of town to uh, my mother-in-law's, who was having surgery. So my wife was gone all of last week, and I was just quarantined at home with like cases. Like I don't. Okay, so I don't drink a ton anymore. I just I just don't. Like I'll have a couple beers here and there. My wife would call me every night and she'd be like, why are you like kind of slurring your words? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't had anything to do today. So I've sat around. I've had 10, 11 beers and uh, watched <laughs> TV and uh, watched some old state title games. So I had I had the week with her gone. She's back now. Um, I've been expanding on what I cook, nice. figure out new recipes. Yep. That's been a big thing for me. Uh, we bought a bidet. Uh, for the toilet, just to kind of get over this toilet paper thing. Let me tell you, boys, don't know how I lived without it before. Um, I'm I'm really into video games, so like I've been playing a ton of video games. Uh, just got my I, so like the first day of like all the grocery stores being out of everything, I went and got some stuff at our local grocery store and took it to my parents' house, uh, so my mom and dad could could have some stuff they couldn't find. And found my old PS3 there um, and got a hold of NCAA 14. Nice. So been playing that. Um, on TV right now, we're watching Love is Blind. Like that is uh, the Netflix show has brought us in with its terrible, trashy entertainment, but it's so entertaining. Uh, I can't look away. And like my wife had to go to her. So her work hasn't shut down yet. She still has to go into the office. Um, and so she had to go in today and I had to resist the urge not to to watch episodes while she was gone. Um, aside from that, I've been just trying to make it through like, you know, whatever catches your eye really, um, on Netflix or whatever. So like today I watched the movie shot caller. Have you guys seen that one? No, not, but it's on my list now. Yeah, definitely check. Are you guys game of Thrones fans? Yeah. So it stars Jamie Lannister. Okay. Um, he's like a businessman who gets in a DUI and has to go to jail, like prison and then turns into like this hardened gang member. Um, it's really good. It's a really good movie. It, uh, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, shot caller on Netflix. That was really good. Um, what else have I been watching? Uh, I do rewatches a lot. So like the Sopranos is like my favorite television show ever. Mm. Um, I'll rewatch that every year. 
I'll rewatch The Wire at some point. Uh, that's on the agenda. And then you got, we were talking kind of before the show started, but um, next on our list is the Joe Exotic uh, documentary on Netflix. Oh, also, uh, uh, Netflix is is loaded with comedy specials, uh, stand up comedy, and so like uh, three of my favorite comics are Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, and um, and and Joe Rogan. And I would throw Burt Kreischer in there as well. So I've watched like basically every stand-up they have on Netflix. And the other night, like Saturday night, I just stayed up all night alone watching uh, Chappelle's show seasons one and two. <laughs> so it's been it's been all over the map, guys. A, a man of, of many tastes, of, of wide, uh, wide tastes. I love it. Actually, more to come on Joe Exotic in this episode. We're going to talk uh, about the weird Texas connections in that uh, in that documentary. It's, it's super oh. weird. Here's one more thing I can recommend. Have you guys seen uh, McMillions on HBO? Um, I have not. No, no. So it's an episodic documentary about how they rigged the uh, McDonald's Monopoly oh, game. Yeah, it's really yeah, that's really good too. Definitely put that on the list of things to watch. Done. Uh, I remember when that came out. That's a fantastic recommendation. I will say uh, up there with one of your better recommendations, just behind. The bidet. Um, <laughs> did not expect that, but so glad we got it. Man. Hey, I'm Thank doing my part to help the, the toilet paper sh uh, shortage. <laughs> and it was like 30 bucks on Amazon and pretty easy to install. Oh, Good man. to know. Man. Learning all sorts. So, Mike, if people want your recruiting takes, your uh, your bidet takes, man, where can they find <laughs> you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me mostly on Twitter, MikeRoach247. Typically, I tweet about recruiting and hockey. There is neither going on right now. So I'm pretty much tweeting about bidets and love is blind. <laughs> um, I am tweeting stories. That's true. And we'll be doing more podcasts and stuff like that. State of Recruiting Podcast. Uh, you can find on on just about any podcast platform, uh, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, all those. And that's where you can hear me weekly if you would like more of this. And and why wouldn't you? Um, and then Horns247.com, of course, is where you can find all the written stuff I do. Awesome, Mike. Thank you so fantastic. much for taking some time out. Get back to the show, man. Thanks, guys. And if you uh, if you need anything else, like I said, I'm really bored. So uh, just let me know. <laughs> Will do, man. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> so breaking, we actually missed the podcast curse today. Uh, we got reports on Twitter uh, that assistant Texas basketball coach Luke Yaklich is expected to be announced as the head coach of UIC. Now, Yaklich had a big role to play in kind of the late season turnaround Texas had, I think a lot of it can be attributed to the defense that they played, and he's been known as a defensive specialist. But Kyle, in a season that seems to be a little lost, what do you think the impact of Yaklich is going into definitely a contract year for Shaka Smart? Um, you know, I think we can talk about it in the larger context of, of cutting the Big 12 tournament and, and the, uh, the NCAA tournament and what that meant. At least you weren't able to embarrass ourselves. Um, but uh, it probably extended ultimately Shaka's job for a year. I mean, Yaklich was a hot assistant. Um, it was it was not a total surprise that, that this happened. The fact that it happened after one year is interesting. Maybe that says something about the fact that there's a lot of internet theories that Yaklich was ready to be coaching, waiting, and they were going to bring in Beeline and, and, you know, whatever. But, I mean... Illinois-Chicago is a, you know, you get to recruit in Chicago, a basketball hotbed. He knows Big Ten country. I think he coached high school ball in, in uh, Illinois as well. So he knows the area. Um, but they, you know, were Ken Palm's number 204 team um, where he's going. So it's not as though we lost him to, you know, a, a premier power. So it's a little bit shocking. You think Texas assistant 
has maybe a launching board to a slightly better role than that. But, you know, it's comfortable for him, a chance that probably will allow him to something bigger and, and you know, we'll, we'll probably ensure that we have uh, another season of Shaka Ball. The thing that you pointed out there is that it feels like this should be a bigger springboard and there probably was. Uh, like I And we said it, I think, at the beginning of the season, Yaklich felt like a guy who was coming on to take over. Like, that's a guy that you hire and then he's the guy after the guy. And so I think the fact that Somehow they managed to turn thing around, turn things around again. This is all conjecture and conspiracy theory on our parts. We have zero insight into this, but it just that it's weird that that you know University of Illinois Chicago is the landing spot where there's probably and again maybe there aren't going to be a ton of other jobs because well we don't know how the tournament shook out and all of that. So this kind of again feels like a lost season, and he was seemed like apparently ready to move on. So uh, we'll see what this works out. We've got obviously another season likely of Shaka Smart, and so we'll keep up with it and we'll see what happens. But Shaka, I would go ahead and ready to say Shaka's in a contract year for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean it. it there, there are interesting components, and we could talk about some of those threads that are pulled. Um, by, by Shaka staying and what that means for certain recruits and, and everything and expectations. But we have a lot of time to talk about uh, next basketball season. There's a lot of moving parts. But for right now, yeah, I do think that it means that Shaka ain't going nowhere. Um, but good luck to Coach Yak. Uh, hopefully he springboards and becomes the great coach that we all thought he could be. Uh, the one thing I will say, just since we're talking about it, Texas basketball's defense was fourth in the conference this year. Good but maybe not the elite jump that some were hoping would happen when Yaklich came uh, as the most lauded, and I'm using quotes here, defensive coordinator uh, in the college ranks. So we will find out more when the world seems to restart again in, you know, four days, four months, four years, who knows? Uh, but that brings us to the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? Well, from Yaklich to, and I have to be careful with my Midwestern here, uh, Yursich. It's very easy to uh, to conflate and use the wrong itch uh, on that. But uh, I want to talk. <laughs> it reminds we had a Gerald and I had a coach we played for who just used to add an S on all the players' names, and it made it sound vaguely Midwestern. Jernigans. Um, Anderson's just I don't know why there was only one but he would he would pluralize but nonetheless it's it's coach speak so it makes sense um I want to talk about the new Texas offensive coordinator slash QB coach Michael uh Yursich. he is a uh, great follow on Twitter if you're not doing it what are you doing um not only is he you know company man retweets all the requisite uh, longhorn things and um occasionally has some interesting takes on the world around him but um during the the COVID nineteen downtime, where coaches maybe aren't uh, nose in the grindstone twelve hour, fifteen hour days uh, up at Belmont, he's taking the time to stay sharp, and he's doing hashtag COVID nineteen chalk talk, drawing up some offensive schemes. And it's if you're a nerd about the uh, the game of football like me, it's fascinating. Um, it's I mean it's. I guess he's given away. He, he must have a lot of uh, knowledge if he's comfortable putting this out on the internet, giving it away. I'm excited to see what his, uh, you know, his filet mignon material is, if this is just the skirt stick. Um, but it looks great. 
Um, some of these schemes he has, you know, against different defenses, if a defense is running cover four, this is how you beat it with this uh, offense. This is the quarterback's read. You could just tell he knows this stuff. Um, and it's kind of fascinating if you go down even through the comments of it, you see um, some people that are very smart, uh, including smart football and some other great follows on the internet. Um, in the conversation, it's like, you know, the people who know football are all engaging and impressed um, with with uh, what coach is putting out there. And, and I like to think Gerald and I know a little something about football, and I'll say we're both uh, impressed. But I, the hope is is that one Sam Ellinger, who everyone is counting on, assuming there's a season to be, uh, the anchor of our team next year is uh, enjoying and, and soaking up this knowledge. If he has this much to go around for the internet, I can only imagine how much he's pouring into young QB, and it will be uh, it will be crucial how much those two gel to the success that Texas has in what is a uh, obviously a, a year with big expectations. So hook them, Coach uh, Coach Yursich. Thanks for making the uh, the doldrums, the dark days of uh, sheltering in in our own home a little bit more interesting uh, with your with your Twitter coaching breakdowns x's and o's are so interesting to me and and like you and i know football we know the sport pretty well but like this guy's next level a little bit like it's just it's like i it's one of those moments where you know the language that people are talking but you're like they're talking a completely different type of this language that i'm talking where it's like i learned this language in the classroom you learned it speaking it natively he's a super smart guy and i'm really impressed with it so i'm banging the drum this week on something completely absolutely insane and weird so um for several years now, I mean, not several years, maybe a year and change ish. Uh, I've been really confused and weirded out by Marquise Goodwin's Twitter icon. Uh, if you haven't seen Marquise Goodwin on Twitter, it's a picture of him like shirtless in a pool with a tiger, like real, like fate, like face touching the tiger. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is real, real weird. And so like many of you listening to this podcast, uh, I am again, we're all so hopefully if you're not, you're doing it wrong. Sheltering in place, being safe and keeping our social distance from people to keep the uh, infection from spreading. But we, my wife and I have been doing some, some guilty pleasure binging and Tiger King on Netflix has been our choice. And so we're watching it and it's about this. Um, I'm, I live in Oklahoma City. It's about a you know, the, the raising of exotic cats and in private sanctuaries in the United States. And one of the biggest ones in the, in the U S is in Winniewood, Oklahoma. If you've ever driven up I 35, uh, from like Dallas to OKC, you've driven past GWs, uh, with Joe exotic, who was a presidential candidate in 2016. And it's just this absolutely like insane, crazy thing. And so there are two random Texas connections. One, uh, so Joe exotic, when he does some of his weird, crazy stuff, he flew a helicopter over this other, like, not to spoil it, he has a feud with the animal rights person, and he flew a helicopter over her uh, over her sanctuary. He was threatening to drop grenades on it, craziness. <laughs> but he's rocking a Texas hat the entire time. The entire time he's rocking a Texas hat, and his again, spoiler alert, his husband has a big Longhorn tattoo. So. Um, one crazy Joe Exotic 2016 presidential candidate uh, seems to be a Texas fan, which is real <laughs> tough for me. But as I'm watching this show, it's going. There's another uh, kind of larger, a little classier uh, sanctuary. Uh, it's running, I think, North Carolina, and it's showing some shots of this other place. They're kind of juxtaposing the two, and out of nowhere, I see the the shot of Marquise Goodwin in the pool at this other tiger sanctuary on the East coast. And so I have to pause it and rewind it. My wife was like, what is going on? 
it, it's it's Marquise Goodwin in the water, shirtless, with this tiger, and the guy who runs a tiger sanctuary, who again, spoiler alert, runs it like a freaking cult. So one, <laughs> if you're not watching Tiger King on Netflix and you just want to see a train wreck, absolutely watch this on Netflix. It's super ridiculous. Make sure the kids are asleep when you binge this one. But uh, also, weird random Texas connections uh, in that show, and I just did. I had no outlet for it. Gerald, I have two things. One, I have some friends who work at Texas Monthly and the, the refrain at Texas Monthly whenever there's an interesting, wild, you know, apropos of the moment story is find the Texas connection, period. There's always a Texas connection, period. Um, and, and if you, you trace almost any story, usually get it back to Texas somehow. Um, this one is 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 ripe and rich, Gerald. I think the obvious thing is let's get him on the podcast. I mean... The, the logical next step is let's get the Tiger King on the uh, on the podcast and let him give his takes on the uh, the 20, 20, 20 football season upcoming. So this is not a spoiler because it's in the first episode. He's currently in prison. Oh, <laughs> so well, I mean, they made cereal with with Adnan from I don't know. We'll have to look into the to the legality. But I was going to say there's probably an LSU conflict of interest there when you get into the Tigers, but. Uh, <laughs> Hey, we'll see what we can do, folks. I just didn't know where else to be weirded out by the weird Texas connections in this ridiculously, absolutely insane Netflix documentary my wife and I are watching. Uh, But that's all we've got for you this week. Kyle. Where can the good folks find you on the internet? Well, you can find me uh, inside of the Tiger Sanctuary, but if I'm if I'm quarantined in my house, then I'll be on the internet at Kyle Carpenter. You can follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. You can find me on my other podcast, Two Oak Nerds. We just did our best shows to watch and stream while you're social distancing episode. So you can catch us on any of your favorite podcast feeds for Two Oak Nerds. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook them. Hook them. Be Voca Ticket Tiger. <laughs>